All right, Monday. Nah. I like you. You don't like me. So let's just do this. Hi, Loren. Hi, Brett. <laughs> I, it was hard to get up this morning. I mean, it's always hard to wake up every day of the week, if I'm being clear. Mondays obviously suck. Yeah. But I did not prepare for this feeling today. I know. And I don't like it. I don't like it either. I don't want to. Talk about it, but I guess we have to. I went out last night to the pub, and there were so many people saying, "Oh, I'm going to get up early just to see how you're doing." And I'm not going to lie; I'm going to illustration better than explanation. There's a clip from The Simpsons that kind of sums up how I feel right now. Every moment I live is agony. Please kill me. <laughs> <laughs> like we're tired. Voice is a bit hoarse because I was excitedly cheering last night. And I, I really mean it when I say I was not taking for granted that the Bombers were going to win without a bit of a fight. Mm-hmm. But at, on the flip side, as soon as it, we the loss was handed to us in that final play of the game last night, I thought, oh, I wasn't prepared to lose. And I wasn't prepared to work today talking about a loss. Yeah. Yeah, it was almost like in my head that they'd already been anointed, anointed the, the three-peat. And uh, it was this kind of moment of, oh, wow, I forgot what this feels like. Because it was funny, the team went almost 30 years in the drought. Right. And then there's almost like this expectation that they would win. And then when they lost, they were like, oh, wow. So that, it's an interest, certainly an interesting feeling this morning. They were going for their first three-peat. Was it meant to be? Coach Mike O'Shea was frank. I would imagine that pretty well everybody on the team would like to have one play back. That's usually what happens when you lose. Everybody, want, everybody can think of the one big one they want back. There was several of those last night, I think. It, it wasn't, like, from the get-go, we weren't as good as we know we can be, but it was a fast, like, a, what a crazy game. And you can bet kicker Mark Leggio would like to take a few plays back. The Bombers... We're up 23-14, and he missed a convert for the sixth time this season. And so that was the moment where you thought, oh, boy, I hope that doesn't come by, back to bite us. Sure enough, so we had a, we lost by a single point, and we're down 24-23. We got less than, I think it was 57 seconds on the clock, and Legio was up for a 47-yard field goal attempt that was blocked. Take us through that that last field goal, the block. Well, t- like what, what um, was there a breakdown of protection? Was there, like, what, what was your perspective on the play? Uh, to be honest, I, I'm not too sure right now. I I know as soon as I hit the ball, it felt like really good off my foot, and I saw the line it was traveling before it got touched. So I I think it would have been a good field goal, but obviously the block happened. There, I'm not too sure what really happened. It just so happened so quick, right? Can you just take us through your emotions leading into that final kick, and then emotions after the final kick as well. Well, going into the final one, I knew I was going to nail it because it was hitting the ball well all game, and. Uh, even though the PAT was a miss, like I still went through the back of the end zone. It was a good hit. So, uh, but as soon as the ball left my foot, I was for sure it was going to go in. And obviously, stuff happens, and then just gotta hopefully get another shot after that. That was such a stunner because that block kick was the second of the game, just one minute earlier. Bomber safety Nick Hallett blocked an Argos field goal attempt, and that's when like when when that kick happened the reaction was oh my god mm-hmm. they blocked you, a field goal I, you hardly ever see i think maybe what once a season i don't know i don't know what the stat is i'm just saying you hardly ever see that right so yeah. you blocked it and you thought oh my gosh like we're, we're still in this go 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 
And then it happened again. And uh, just a crazy finish. Now, Greg, he is going to join us uh, a bit later this morning. He's in, still in Regina. He was in the locker room after talking to players. Here's wide receiver Drew Wolitarski's take. you got to bring that focus, and sometimes, you know, it, it lacks in the game. And then there's moments that other teams uh, make a play and and compound that with something else. And we make a mistake. We compound it with that. It's just, it's just an ebb and flow. And... Tonight they were one play better, man, and that showed by that one point and, you know, had a chance at the end and uh, got the, the kick blocked. And it's just a lot going through my mind, man. I, I can't wrap my head around it right now, but it's disappointing. When you look around, uh, I mean, it's been a long time since I've been in a dressing room this quiet. Uh, this, is this is obviously tough uh, on a lot of levels and for the reasons that we've been talking about the anticipation of this game on the flip side all week. Yeah, and this team, you know, we don't like to lose, man. And that's why we work so hard, because this feeling right here sucks. And we'd rather put in that work and that grind to to not feel this feeling. And, uh, you know, we feel like we've put that work in and, and this happened. So it's, it's you know, it hurts as much, double as much, bro. Yeah, quiet indeed in that locker room. Wow. I thought, was is he in the dressing room? Is he? Are they out in the hall? Yeah. At a library, and I was just watching some pictures of the Argos locker room after the game, and just we know what that feels like, right? Which is why I think this this disappointment is heavier. And I don't know. I mean, I love it when it's a good game, and I, I like when things are close. But it hurts more to have lost by a point than I think it would if we lost by four, seven. One of my buddies was saying, I wish that I would have rather watched the Bombers get blown out than to lose by such a close game. But at the, at the same time, look, I mean, obviously it's tough uh, that the Bombers lost, but it, w- it was still an exciting like it was it was good that there was a game because the, the, the drama like I know that I'm not we always joke about the fact that I'm not a huge sports guy, but it, it was so much fun. Last night, being at the pub with all the with all the screaming fans, everybody was yelling and screaming, and I had a great time. And I'm just kind of thankful to the Bombers overall. The last few years have been an incredible ride. And I don't think, you know, uh, we can sit here and be disappointed. I mean, we can be disappointed in the outcome yesterday, but they're such a great team. And I think that next year, the odds are still just as good that we get back to the Grey Cup as they were this year, as long as we can keep much of that core group together. And so I'm trying to find the positive in the, like, it's, it's crazy to sit here and think we won two in a row. We won a three in a row. <laughs> I'm not happy and stupid bombers, but that's not fair. Right. I I feel for the kicker. I feel for Legio, but ugh, that's the one part where you have to say maybe time to go shopping. There's a big football match this morning at the World Cup, which is underway in Qatar. England takes on Iran at 7 a.m. And the King's Head pub is already open after a late night last night, I'm guessing. Peter Shelley is manager at the King's Head and joins us now. Good morning, Peter. G'day, guys. How you doing? I'm good. So do you have a crowd there? Like, who's coming out for a 7 a.m. game? Well, well, you'd be crazy not to come out at 7 a.m. That's the more important thing. Get rid of those blues from last night and get back into it today. How many people you got there, Pete? Uh, look, we're looking at around uh, 15 right now, but we're thinking at 7 we're going to get busy. Wow. So England, I mean, I know even for me, I'm not a huge soccer or football fan, I guess, but I always like to hit up the England games. Why is it such a big draw? Uh, well, because unfortunately they're tragics and they love to watch their sports team lose. <laughs> 
So they're like the Maple Leafs of soccer. Yes, <laughs> bloody oath. <laughs> now, Peter, do you need special permission to be open this early? Yeah, we do. We had to apply for, uh, for an uh, early extension with our liquor license, and the LC were good enough to help us out for that. Okay, so when it comes to the sport, who are you cheering for? Well, of course, I'm going to go for Australia. <laughs> But, uh, you know, for business-wise, England and Canada are much better for us at the pub. <laughs> and speaking of Canada, their first matches went on Wednesday afternoon, right? Wednesday at 1, mate. Okay. How many are you expecting for that? Uh, I think we're going to have a full house right now. Reservations are coming hot and fast. And I think we've already got 200 coming down. And uh, we're going to have keep it going. It's a special time. It's an unusual time to have the World Cup, but it's always a neat time of year because it really just draws so many people together, Peter. What do you notice or like about it? Because I think fans come out of the woodwork in soccer, either just becoming soccer fans or suddenly just cheering for a country that meant something to them or their ancestors or whoever it was decades ago. What, what stands no, out for you this time of, this time oh, of year? Oh, you're 100% right. You just you go back to your heritage. And so from you know myself from Australia, you know, you've got England, you've got Canada now. Anywhere in the world, everyone comes out and has a good time. And it brings people together. And, God, we need that after the last couple of years we've had together. So we're really excited just to host people, have fun, and have a good time. Well, and that's what was on display yesterday. I mean, yeah, it was a tough night for the Bombers and the home crowd. But after the last couple of years, what's it like seeing a, a, a packed and raucous pub again? Oh, look, mate, everyone was just in a good mood last night. And, unfortunately, the result didn't go how we wanted to go. But... Just everyone coming together and just, you know, taking the pressure cooker off and just relaxing and enjoying each other's company. That's what it's about. If I'm feeling tired and a little off, I'm going to put that in quotations this morning, Peter. What's the recommended, you know, go-to food, do you think? Oh, come on. You, you know, I don't have to say coffees and Baileys. <laughs> I said food. I said food, man. Not... Oh, sorry, love, sorry, love. I've got the, I've got the, I've got the crowd in the background. Right, we've got the big breakfast buffet going right now. We're doing an old style. You know, you got your eggs, you got your bacon, you got your sausages, you got your hash browns, you got your toast. And even because today the England game's on, we've got the baked beans as well. Mm. <laughs> I'm now beans. trying to see if I can run over there and back in 12 minutes <laughs> in our next break. I wonder if that's doable. I'm, I'm just running across the road to uh, on the main street for you. I'll be up there right now with the, with the feet. <laughs> All right, Pete. Hey, thanks a lot for joining us. Have fun today. And uh, and it's going to be a big week, Wednesday, Canada, England. Then the next England match is Friday afternoon, yeah? Yeah, that's right, mate. So we're looking forward to it. And Mel, everyone's welcome to come down and join yourself. All right, Peter Shelley, the manager at the King's Head Pub, joining us live on CJOB. They are already open for that match that starts at 7 a.m. And um, for people who go out this early to watch a soccer match, that's, uh, that's a diehard sports fan right there. I'm trying to think if there was a time when I was overseas where I definitely stayed up late to watch events. I don't know if I got up early. I must have during the Olympics, but... I didn't go out. Like I just got up and watched it on your TV. There's a big difference between just getting up and going to your couch yeah. and getting dressed. Yeah. It's cool. And it, I, I'm not a, like, I actually, I don't even really like watching soccer, but there's something different about going to going out mm-hmm. to, to watch, especially like if you go with people who are genuine fans, you talked about the fans coming out of the woodwork. Like I went to, who did I go see? I think it was, I think it was England versus Italy. So I went with a friend who I had no idea she was a huge uh, fan of Italian soccer. 
so it was just it was cool to be in that environment where there were fans from England and fans from Italy, and uh, it's just it's it, it's kind of impossible not to get sort of caught up in the excitement. And soccer fans are as as raucous as any sports fans. And this year there is Canada to cheer for, which yeah. in men's soccer we haven't had. Women's soccer has been doing that for a while now, but we haven't had the men's team to cheer for, so that makes it exciting. And I think too that uh, like the getting on a bandwagon. People get knocked for that, but it's not a bad thing to just say, you know what, I do want to have some fun. I remember I had to be eight years ago. There was no, I didn't know who to cheer for in the World Cup. And then I was like, oh, some of my husband's family's Belgium, Belgian. I went out and bought a Belgian flag and put it on the car. And, and it was like for five days, I <laughs> claimed that as a connection because I wanted to have a reason to cheer for someone, right? Like, Yeah, no, that's a great point too. The bandwagon, I don't know why people get angry at the bandwagon. It's kind of the same thing where, let's say you like a band. And then, then they get popular, and then you like, re- then you reject the band. I mean, we know, we all know that kind of person, right? Who's like, oh, I don't listen to them anymore. They sold out. They got popular. Like, oh, so uh, the, the the artist that you enjoy, you begrudge them success. Yeah, like, and wasn't that the goal for them to get to where they are? Yeah, like they want, they didn't want to become even better or well known at what they're doing. And when it comes to sports, too, I think it's one thing when someone starts weighing in. Like if I was to start weighing in on a, I could see people being annoyed with me. Say, say I choose England as my team, and I show up at the pub this morning, and I'm like, oh, uh, what a terrible kick! I like, you, you know, the person who doesn't know anything. Yeah. That's when it's annoying when they weigh in. But why would you begrudge the person cheering at least for your team? Yeah, just let them have their fun. Just be. It's. I literally like, couldn't think of a single soccer term there. Oh, good kick! Like I had nothing. I good kick. Good head. Like head. And I played soccer. I have nothing like in my brain this morning. <laughs> What about a strike? Solid throw-in. <laughs> the conversation we're about to have is about the agony of defeat. Tough night for the Bombers. And that just got us thinking about, you know, maybe they're... Because they, obviously this is going to be a loss that sticks with that team for some time. And sometimes we've all lost, I think, some sort of game or... Uh, a contest or sporting match of some sort that we still remember. And we want to hear your story at 204-780-6868. doesn't necessarily have to be sports related. Like I, I still, a few years, like five, six years ago, I lost an epic game of Crokinole and it still burns. Crokinole is the um, flicking one? Yeah. Like where you had the little chips. Knip shot. Just... Yeah. Knip shot? Yeah. Knip shot? Sure. What's knip shot? The Crokinole in Mennonite. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> I thought I thought that was the term for like a kind of shot that no. you hit in crokinole. Like you're hitting your take. Oh, that was a good no, it, shot. It's the sound of what is happening and then what is literally happening. So. Okay. I like it. So 204-780-6868. Tell us a story. Let's go around the horn here. Why don't we start with Jeff Braun? A few years ago, uh, some of our colleagues and I entered a Seinfeld trivia night thing at some bar downtown. And we did really good in the opening rounds. Like, is this the thing where someone on stage asks a question, you write down your answers, and then you hand them in, and they grade them, or you go over the answers, that sort of thing. We, uh, after however many rounds of that, we were in the top three, so we got to go to the final. But for the final, it was uh, one person from each group had to go up on stage, and it was a, a lightning round kind of thing. You had to buzz in, and whoever buzzed in first got to give the answer. And I went up on stage for my team, and... 
I got the stage fright. I was just a deer in the headlights, and I was against these like two 20 year olds, and they were so fast on that buzzer, I didn't even get to ring in once, and it was just the most humiliating defeat because I was so cocky about it. I was like, oh, I've been watching Seinfeld since <laughs> it started. These kids are only picking it up, you know, after it's long off the air. I'm the real know it all here, and nope. Lost hard in that one. Did you know the? Would you have known the answer? Uh, I think so. Yeah, but I hesitated just the briefest of moments, and these young kids just beeped in right away. So. Ah, kind of brutal. That sucks. Pointers. What about you? Um, I have uh, been really working on this on this card game. I'm 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 working on my skill. I've been spending a lot of time working on like my, uh, you know, the strategy. How do I play it properly? All this. And so my wife is, you know, seeing me, you know, playing this card game and um, uh, she goes, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll play you. And I go, oh, OK, you know, it's a little bit, you know, uh, there's a little bit more to it than you might think. I mean, it's more than just, you know, aces and, and, and suits and all this sort of thing. Um, and she goes, OK, yeah, that's fine. And uh, she plays me twice, two games in a row and absolutely <laughs> kicked my but <laughs> brutally, it wasn't even close. Had she ever played it? No. <laughs> Beginner's luck? Not according to her. Yeah, have you played her since? She won't play me again. She's she won't play. She's she's, she's reigning champion the, and she's yeah. holding. She's it. the reigning champion. She won't play anymore. She's done. She's retired. So what's the game called? Oh, don't worry about it. <laughs> it's, is that you know, what it's called? Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It's, it's nothing to worry about. It's just she kicked my butt. We'll leave it at that. We don't need to get into the details. I got my butt kicked. Was it war? <laughs> it was a non no, game. It was not. No, no, it was not war. Uh, but she, we, we did play like an epic four-hour game of war one time, and she, and she ended up winning. Uh, I, I, I let her win because I was getting tired of it. Um, let her win. That's the story I tell myself. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Forte and Master Control, how about you, sir? I remember when I was like, I don't know, 10 or 11 playing soccer, and my team was just brutal in this one game. Like, just so brutal that our goalie, Trevor, he had enough. He just had enough, and uh, he went out of goal, and he actually went and scored a goal. He's like, I'm sick and tired of you guys not playing. And so he just ran. It, we, we lost. Like, I forget what the 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 score was like i think it was like they had double digits we had like two goals and uh yeah he he just had enough and uh got out of net and went and scored a goal himself because like the goalie got the out goalie. of the net and ran the, down yes did he, did he get back to his net before the ball returned oh yeah uh but just it was so brutal but you know what else i i like to see this wasn't me but uh when people who play games online Gamers, there's yeah. gamer rage, and I remember my uh, one buddy. He was uh, <laughs> playing a game online, and uh, it was Xbox, and he took the controller and he lost, and he just whipped it, and it hit my friend, the, my other friend, in the head. <laughs> nice little goose egg. <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> you gotta calm down, people, when you're playing games. It's just a game, all right. It's just a game. Loren, what about you? I think I've told this before. It's not that there's aren't, aren't moments of loss standing out, but Death Braun's story of being like the deer in the headlights. When I was uh, at like a provincial, maybe it wasn't provincial, some sort of piano recital. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. And I get up on stage and the lights are on me and I, you have to memorize the music. And so it's a long piece, like, you know, five or six pages of music. And I got to the literally the last bar and then just stopped and got up and looked at the adjudicator. And I was like, that's all. Like, that's it. 
Like I forgot. forgot like I just forgot the end, and I went and sat down. And my mom and my grandma are in the audience, and I remember driving home. And my mom knew enough not to speak with me. Like I was just not. Don't talk to me right now. Like I know that was bad. And my grandma's like, I don't even know why I came if no one's gonna talk in the car. And then I get to the. I had a, ch- a shift at Chicken Terry's right after. <laughs> and my mom must have phoned my sister ahead because she was already working there. We were both waitressing that night. And I get in, and my sister's like, just forgot it, eh? Like, how'd that go? And I was like, I don't know. And then we ended up getting in an epic fight at work, and like the whole day stands out. It was just like a terrible, terrible day. I think I was actually cooking, and she was waitressing, and so she was being mean to me about losing. I dumped gravy on her clean counter, and then she came back and dumped something on my clean grill. And it was a whole big thing. <laughs> so tell us a story at 204-780-6868 about the losses that still stick with you, and perhaps what the takeaway was. Like, I, I mentioned the crook, and I get, I get it, it's just a game, crook and all, but it was like the end of a weekend in the tournament it was our boys golf weekend but we had this sub crokinole tournament and uh, it was the final round and it went forever and at the end of the the match um i got up and like very enthusiastically congratulated my opponents i was actually thrilled for them and i think it it was sort of this weird moment where i thought i just lost and i'm happy for them What's happening to me right now? Am I actually like adult maturity? Yeah, it's, <laughs> exactly. it's called it's called becoming mature. <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh, this is being what a good sport is being like. Because you <laughs> normally, I, I have flipped a chessboard from time to time. Usually, the, my buddy Mike, he always wants whenever we play chess. It's always at like two in the morning at the end of the night. He's like, let's play chess, and, and I'll think, <laughs> oh, okay, that sounds good. And then he mops the floor with me, and then I. Flip the board off the table. Brett smash. (laughs) Gamer rage, man. Gamer rage. It's a real thing. We are tired, but there's another person who's probably even more tired after the weekend he's had. Greg Mackling joins us now from Regina. Mackling, how are you feeling, buddy? I haven't quite decided how I feel yet. (laughs) I've been awake for about an hour. I had a pretty restless sleep. Obviously... Things didn't go the way we wanted them to go yesterday. It has been a long week, but uh, let's just go with disappointed in how things turned out. But yeah, I'm exhausted. Uh, I'm hoping Derek Taylor offers to drive the entire (laughs) way home today. Fair enough. You'll both be tired, though, Greg. You know, we played some audio of your conversations in the locker room last night. One of the clips was with Drew Walitarski and... The idea that you were saying to him, you know, you hadn't been in a locker room that had that kind of vibe in it, the sad vibe in quite some time. I mean, what a contrast to last year and to 2019 for you and for the players and for fans. And I can't figure out if the disappointment I feel is because I had maybe expected to win versus the last two years where you hoped to win, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes complete sense. Uh, That expectation was everywhere. This was going to be a coronation. and. I've said it several times, strange things happen on the way to predetermined results. And for a lot of people, this was a fait accompli for the Blue Bombers. And it, it and the Toronto Argonauts brought it yesterday. They'd been a team that had been improving all season. And so we had only played them once. The Blue Bombers played them very early in the season. And so didn't really have too much to go on in terms of personal experience and all week we'd been hearing from the Blue Bombers about how close they are and and this legitimate family feeling isn't something that they just talk about in front of the media, that that's the way it is. And when I walked into what is normally the Saskatchewan Rough Riders dressing room, 
which is a gigantic uh, space, and you see all these professional athletes, some of them just sitting, staring into the abyss. Brady Oliveira sitting in his locker and addressed us for a few minutes. I, I left the locker room to file some audio. I came back 20 minutes later. He was still sitting in his stall in his uniform he hadn't even taken a shoe off and other guys were already dressed and had left the dressing room so how these players uh deal with this disappointment is is as different as their you know their individual personalities but yeah you you got a sense that that this was something that was absolutely going to happen the three-peat was inevitable and i think it was a big shock to a lot of these players brett now you mentioned last week that being at the Grey Cup doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get to see a lot of what happens in the game because you're running around doing various things, covering various things. But did you get to see, um, particularly the, the final moments where there, there, there were the two blocked kicks? I did. And uh, last year in Hamilton, I missed one of the bigger plays of the game because I was on my way down to field level. And, and so I forewent the first opportunity of when they migrated some of us from the from the press box down to the field level and I just waited to see what would happen until the end of the game and last week in the western final we had 9 minutes of real time or so that that were as crazy a 9 minutes in in football as I'd ever seen and then we see it again last night on that third down Zach Caleros dead to rights at Toronto uh, sacks uh, Caleros and you think the game's over and then there's a face mask penalty. You mentioned the block kick and all the, and then the missed field goal. I mean, that was the essence of sport, the roller coaster of emotions. And you go from this thing is over one way to maybe it's over the other way. And unfortunately, in the back of everyone's minds, when Mark Leggio trotted out to attempt that game winning field goal Loren, you just knew that A, the pressure was on him, and B, oh boy, we've seen this movie before with this young man, and well, I don't have to tell you how it turned out. I'm happier it was blocked than that he missed it, at least, I'll say that, because then, you know, there's some someone else to blame in that moment, but of course, a lot of people are blaming Legio, which I personally don't think it's fair. There was mistakes made by a lot of people last night. It's just that because it came down to one point, and he missed that convert, uh, in the second half, you, you it's hard not to say, well, what if? It's hard not to say what if. And you're right, Loren. Uh, it, it's, it's difficult to point to one individual because you don't win that way and you certainly don't lose that way. But I am going to say this, that this is an issue that since last season, uh, the Blue Bombers knew was an issue. That's why they went out and they got Sergio Castillo to, to, you know, to kick in the stretch last year because they knew that their place kicking was an issue. We had the conversation this year. Yes, there was a point where Mark Leggio made 30 kicks in a row in the heart of this season, but it was still an issue. It was an issue last week. Certainly, there's nothing you can do between the Western Final and the Great Cup to shore up your kicking game, but... Uh, yeah, this is this is a frustration for a lot of Blue Bomber fans because it was a a, a a glaring hole. It was as what was really maybe one of the only glaring weaknesses on this team, and it wasn't addressed. And I think that's probably people who were talking about that. That's probably where their frustration lies. We got to get out here, but uh, just very sure. quickly, Greg. Um, 
how did Vagina do at hosting the Grey Cup Festival and all of it, all that stuff? Absolutely spectacular. All of my joking about Saskatchewan aside, uh, they have these shuttle buses on game day that go out to every corner of the city. People line up. You don't show your ticket or anything. You just get on, and you, they take you right to the footprint of the stadium, and you go back right to the same spot, and you get back on that bus to get back to wherever you were. The parties were fantastic. The facilities, second to none, and the hospitality was prairie hospitality. It was a spectacular event, and I can't wait until Winnipeg gets to do it. What time are you hitting the road, Mackling? Nine o'clock is uh, is uh, liftoff. If things go according to plan, I've got an obligation with Global News Morning with Clay Young, and uh, pack up my things, have a good cry because I haven't had one of those yet over this, and then uh, we'll hit the road. I've already laid on the ground this morning once, just to just to <laughs> lay on the really? ground on the carpet with defeat next to Brett. <laughs> Hi, Brett. I was like Michael Scott in the office, where I was just sad. <laughs> With a heartbreak. Like, why does my heart hurt so much? <laughs> Goodbye, my lover. Goodbye, my friend. I don't I don't like feelings. <laughs> I didn't turn off these feelings. It is McGarry McNabb. Mackling is getting ready to head home from Regina. And with the tough loss last night for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. The agony of defeat. We're using that as inspiration for your chance to win Winnipeg Jets tickets for December 2nd at against Columbus, the Blue Jackets in town. And we're asking you to tell us about a time that you lost at something, whether it's a sport or maybe it's just a game, a heated video game. I don't know. Tell us a story for a chance to win. What does Wes have? Well, it's funny how things can linger decades later. And I am emphasizing decades, decades here because Wes says... 47 years ago, I qualified to wrestle in a t- wrestling tournament at Festival de Voyageur. I was in a match to go to the medal round, a few seconds away from my first medal in my life. I was pinned down. My shoulder was one inch from the line. All I had to do was shrug my shoulder, and the ref would have blown his whistle, and I would have had a chance at gold. My coach was going crazy. Move your shoulder. They're shouting. I didn't. I lost. Never won anything since, and I often think about how close I was to glory. Yeah, 47 years to hang on to that. and But that's how it works. I still remember that, that takes me back to, uh, I think I was grade 10. I don't I don't actually remember what grade I was in, but it was a volleyball playoff game at Collège Pierre-Elliot Trudeau. And, you know, when you, in volleyball, you're supposed to hit, hit it three times, right? You bump, you, mm-hmm. you set, and then you spike. And the ball came from the other side of the net to me, and I just bumped it back over. And the whole team, the one, I, well, not the whole team, but one guy was like, Brett, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. And I I don't know what I was doing. I choked. And that and that still sticks with me. And I still remain a choke artist. Did you lose comes, the game? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we Off lost. Off that play? I, pretty much. That sealed it. That sealed it because it gave them an opportunity to, to put the nail in the coffin. Oh, yeah, it's not your fault. Lots of things led up to that moment, but the final play <laughs> is always the one people remember. Yeah. What were you doing, Brad? Bump set uh, spike. It's uh, a pretty basic. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I was I was terrible at volleyball anyway, but uh, yeah, that still sticks with me, and I feel bad that I let my team down. And uh, they went on. I mean, they went on to. I, I didn't play the following year. They made it to the finals in the next year, uh, so that was exciting. But uh, they still lost that too. So it had nothing to do with you. <laughs> Rest in comfort with that. <laughs> As I ask this, I'm watching Global News Morning and they're showing video of the Santa Claus Parade, which, of course, took place 
on Saturday. And I wanted to know two things. One, are you already feeling that Christmas spirit? Spirit? Are you showing that holiday spirit? And is it coming earlier for you this year than it has in years past? I was just saying to Brett in the break that I really feel like I am seeing way more decorations out there. When I go into people's homes, their trees are already up. There was three different homes I was in in the last week where the trees were up, garlands up, Christmas lights are up and on. And I was wondering if if people are getting into it earlier or if that's just a figment of my imagination. So let me know, 780-6868. And then for me, and we, we both were trying to figure out why, why might that be? Because you thought you saw more Christmas stuff out there already. Yeah, I've, I noticed the decorations seem to be going up. Um, it just feels like they're going up sooner. Maybe they're not. Mm-hmm. But uh, even downstairs in our lobby, maybe, for example, uh, there was nothing to notice the last couple of years because they've been re- renovating that lobby. So there's been no lobby to put stuff up. But now there's a tree there. And I, it's the first thing I thought this morning when I came up the escalator. Oh, how nice. The tree is up. Yeah. And they put that up last week. And our friends at uh, Peggy at 99.1, they, they've become a Christmas station, and they did so on November 12th, so the day after Remembrance Day. Um, but I am, I'm noticing more decorations. I'm noticing that even I'm feeling the a bit more festive because usually like it's almost it's not a hard line, but typically it's December 1st. That's when I start to get into that sort of Christmas, that holiday that spirit. But uh, – I'm kind of enjoying it more. Like when I first started hearing Christmas carols, like on November 12th, I thought, okay, like uh, I'm not quite ready for this just yet. But but now I, I'm okay with it. I, I used to be the same too, where I thought December, you got to wait till December. Loren, don't get the tree till December. And now I want the tree now. Mm-hmm. And I was looking online last night for some different decorations and, you know, just seeing if anyone had anything to sell and that I'd be interested in. And I, I don't know if maybe it's because two years in a row, we didn't know what we were going to be able to do mm-hmm. at Christmas, right? And this is the first time since 2019 that we're sitting at the end of November or near the end of November and not saying, oh, fingers crossed we get a Christmas or gatherings or whatever, you know, that December looks normal, that your Hanukkah looks normal, like all those things. And it looks like it's, that's where we're going. You know, yes, there's some flu and and other concerns out there and respiratory viruses, but for the first time since 2019, no one's saying, no one's wondering what the holidays will look like this year beyond can I afford them? <laughs> yeah, I think people are, yeah, I think that's probably a huge part of it. People are excited to enjoy uh, uh, as you know, as normal as it's been in years, holiday season and with no restrictions and no, not even a whisper of restrictions. Uh, I know they're talking about maybe recommending masks, but outside of that, it's just kind of business as usual. And it's just so nice just to, I know I talked about how I was at the pub last night for the Great Cup and it was so much fun. And then when I was there on Friday, it was as busy a lunch that Friday lunch that they've had since I started going there in February of 2021. And uh, it was good to see. And I think it's just people are, you know, it's 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 gotten cold. We're getting into that that season and we're, we want to get out and, and maybe catch up on the things that we've missed out on for a couple of years. I emceed two events last week, one on Thursday, one on Friday. Both had more tables this year than they did last year. Both had more awareness or fundraising going on. And I was wondering and, and both were kind of raucous crowds, like really enjoying themselves. Yeah. And I thought people are just out, man. And like, I'm on this, but they don't care. I'm talking and I don't care that they're having a good time. Like people were out to have a, a really, really good time. And it was a very different vibe than it has been in years past. So that was nice. So feel free to weigh in at 204-780-6868. 
when the when you normally wait till December to put up the tree, but you want to put it up now? Yeah. And I think I will. I think I have put it up before December in years past. I think last year actually because there was we were worried that there wasn't going to be gatherings. I might have put it up earlier. But I also like to leave it up well past Christmas and I do a real tree. And that that mm. poor tree can only live so I mean it's dead. I get it. It's been cut down, but it yep. gets dry quickly. And so if I put it up too early, that means I can't keep it up till January 15th, which I usually like to do. Okay. Oh, you keep it up January 15th? Well, probably January 10th. At the, you know, I'll, I'll pretend that it's Ukrainian Christmas. Okay. Well, then nothing beats a, a, a real tree. You get that smell. Oh, it just looks so good. Like you just, it's the green in your house. You want to keep the green. I remember um, my mom, my mom loved the, re- the real trees, mm-hmm. but my dad had to, <laughs> had to put up. The tree. And there was one year where we had this tree that was so dry. Um, the needles were like, they were like, if you touched the tree, you would, it would, they stabbed you. Like we were, we were cutting our hands trying to deal with this tree. And I think that might have been the last real tree where he just finally said, no, nope. was done. <laughs> I'm not doing this again. We're getting an artificial tree. And uh, my mom always did a wonderful job of making it look beautiful, but this, you can't just can't beat the real. Deal. You can get one of those car smelly things and hang it on your fake tree. Does it work? I doubt it. <laughs> I've never done it. It's like candles. I'm still trying to find the candle that actually smells like a campfire or a spruce tree without smelling fake. Okay. You just can't, you can't fake that scent. Here's the one thing, though, that I'm concerned with about getting the, into the spirit early and being able to enjoy the normal uh, before times kind of social life is that it uh, costs money. Yes. And December 2020 was a boring month, but I didn't I didn't actually, like I had more money for gifts as opposed to, you know, because going out, I've already got people saying, hey, are we doing our, are we doing our Christmas drinks? Like, okay, are you available on the 10th? Like, no, I'm already booked there. How about the 17th? I think I can, I think I can pencil, pencil you in. You in. <laughs> yeah, it could be an expensive time of year for sure. And, and Black Friday is coming up. Well, Friday, and uh, I was curious if people are shopping already, and we're having Kelly Keene join us tomorrow, our financial expert, because I think we've been talking about how tough times are, and you want to get into the holiday spirit, but then you have to stop and think, what is that going to cost me? Yeah, and there, well, I, I, even in recent years, I've had to sort of re-examine how many people I buy gifts for, because I, I started to buy for my friend's kids and yes. started to buy for other friends that yeah. I hadn't in a while. And then I look, I sat back and thought, I'm buying gifts for like 15 people here. And I enjoyed it. I loved it. I had a great, like it, 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 when I gave those gifts to those kids, the excitement they, they uh, showed and felt, it was, it was great. But then the next year I had to say like, I can't, I can't do this. I just can't afford it. So that's, that's a sort of a, Part of the, I don't know if sad is the right word, but just having to, to make those cuts kind of hurts because you want to you want to give them out, Brett. Those kids are fine. <laughs> just cut them. They got, yeah, they got lots of presents. I'm sure they're fine. <laughs> now, if you know okay. there's a person in your life who could really like who who genuinely isn't getting a lot at, at the holidays, then that makes sense to me to put them back on your list. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, if you, the people in your life are getting a lot, you're good. It's more of the thought. 204-780-6868. I'll still take a box of wine, though. <laughs> I'll, I'll make sure to put it put in a gift bag that you on. can't get it. Exactly. Get the bo- yeah, I, a couple of years ago, I bought Loren uh, a box of wine. We were joking about it. And she said, I don't know, give me a box of wine. So I did. And I 
this I didn't do this on purpose. I just I had this gift bag and I tried it and like, will it fit in here? And it fit. But you couldn't get it out. I had to cut it out. <laughs> I had to cut it out. Like you know, maybe look like a desperate wino as I'm like <laughs> trying to like frantically get into this gift bag at the end of the day, like cutting around this box. I was like, I don't even know how he got this. It defied logic that it got in. <laughs> it was a toit fit. It was. Are you feeling the Christmas spirit already? find the silver lining. We have to try to reach for it today, and I think everyone knows what it is. It's, it's a great team. They gave us two great championships. We're going to be back again. One angry listener texted to say it'll be 30 more years before we're back at the Grey Cup, or back winning the Grey Cup. I don't think that's the case. I think we have a great shot. I think we have a great shot at maybe winning it at home if we get a Grey Cup here in 2025, I think it would be, that we're looking at. So I, I there's lots to look forward to. But um, I know that was a tough one, a tough for the players. I listened to a ton of audio this morning from Caleros and O'Shea and Dembski, and everyone had that same kind of tone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you know? running back Brady Oliveira, though, he, he has a message for the faithful of the blue and gold. I just want to thank, you know, all those Bomber fans out there. You know, they won over edges throughout, you know, every single week, every game at IG Field. They make it tough for opponents to come in and, and to play us at IG Field. They're one of our edges, and I just want to thank them. Uh, personally, I want to thank all the love and support I get from all Bomber fans. I'm out in, in the community, and I constantly get people coming up to me, and, and just the love that I feel and support, it makes it that much more special to play for Winnipeg and be a Winnipeg Blue Bomber. So I just want to thank all the fans. Um, you know, they made one more play than us today. That's all right. We're going to use this as lots of fuel to the fire. Uh, we're going to be extra hungry this off season. We're going to come back next year and we'll, we'll be all right. So then a couple of, of thoughts jumped to mind. First of all, on that front, to the fact that like sometimes nothing ignites you more than a loss. Mm-hmm. So that may, the, they won two and then they, they lost this year. And you, if, you bet they're going to come back hard next year but on the subject of the fans that's one of the the great things i've enjoyed about this whole ride is is seeing that that love of the blue and gold sort of reignited fully uh somebody once said to me that you know i know that we've got the winnipeg jets and people love the jets but this is a football town mm-hmm. and i everywhere i everywhere i go lately all i see is bomber gear everybody wearing something bombers and i think what's really cool about the last couple of years is it's helped raise the next generation of fans, right? Because they're, you know, I think of my own kids, they can remember when we, when we, they'll have these memories of winning the Grey Cup and losing the Grey Cup, and that will sort of spur the next group who will come up and rise up. And, and maybe if it is 20 years, hopefully it's not, but then that's the what, that's who keeps it going, right? I think, I think that the fact that even Oliveira is acknowledging the specialness of this group here, I mean, it's also why I think people want to play here. And on the opposite end, we, we've heard often with the Jets that it's hard to get NHL players to come here. And yet with the CFL, Winnipeg's a town that if you're in the CFL, this would be a team you'd want to play for, not just because of their success the last three years, because the fan base, you know, you're going to go to a game and have tens of thousands of people there or sellouts on a pretty regular occasion. So that's something that we should be proud of. And maybe, maybe in this time next year, when we're back at the cup, mm-hmm. we'll be 
not at work because the cup will be celebrated on a Saturday. <laughs> well, that would be very nice. Uh, that, then that's a question of the day at cjob.com for credit aid. Worried about your debt? Call 204-987-6890, creditaid.ca. Starting in 2023, the CFL is moving its playoff games to Saturdays, but the Grey Cup will remain on Sunday. Should they move the Grey Cup to Saturday too? And so far at cjob.com, 77% say yes, it would be a better party. And 23% say, no, don't mess with tradition. So you can cast your vote. I, tradition? Sorry. I know that's one of the answers, but what's... I had a, I got in that conversation yesterday with uh, with somebody. He, his, he said, nope, they got to leave it on Sunday. It's tradition. And I said, that's it? That's your... That's your reason? Yep, it's tradition. Like, that's, that. you got to give me more. I'm trying to think of an example where that makes sense to me, where the answer, it's tradition, makes sense. Yeah. And I can't think of one. Exactly. Mm-hmm. There, there's, it's not a reason, but you can still cast your vote. CJOB. Milk and cookies for Santa? <laughs> tradition. <com>. Yes. <laughs> there. It is McGarry and McNabb. Mackling is on his way back from Regina. And we, before we say hello to our next guest, want to read some perspective from Gary, a.k.a. Sleepy Beefaroni, who says, I couldn't believe how undisappointed I was in the outcome. I have felt more pride in the two-plus years of the Blues champs, actually three-plus when you consider we had to carry a year of missed games due to COVID. As far as I'm concerned, three out of four years as champs, would be amazing. Now, let's hope for a Stanley Cup final, Jets versus Leafs, and make them cry. <laughs> I like where your hair, head's at, Gary. So we want to bring on Derek Taylor, voice of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, to get his take on the game last night. Good morning, Derek. Good morning. I don't know if there's an easy answer to the question, but it felt to me, you know, from from the kickoff, I just didn't feel like it was the our team as usual. What would you say, you know, when you're asked the question, what happened, what's the answer? Really? See, because I, I felt like it was, mm, you know what, okay, there's, you have some real good points in there. Um, there. There was some weird things for me early on in that game, because uh, we're all wondering about Zach Kolaris, mm-hmm. right? Like, they, he looks good, he feels good, he's running around good, but the first drive, they get into second and five, and they run the ball. And when you look back at the season, they almost always threw the ball mm-hmm. in second and five. So you go, are you just trying something different today, or is this because of Kolaris? The next drive, they get the second and four, and they run the ball. And again, second and four this season, they almost always pass the ball. So you go, again, are you just changing pace on Toronto, or is there something, some other reason you're doing this? You go, oh, okay. Uh, later in the game, they leave uh, Dakota Prukop on the field, or they put him on the field, excuse me, for first and ten, and he ends up throwing an interception, and you go, okay, what's what's happening here? Are, what, what, why, why are we doing this? What's, what's the deal? So... I've, part of me just kind of lingers in my head. Was there something? Mm-hmm. Is there something else going on? Kolaros did not have a good game, but you you take the MOP off the field, you know, at your own peril, in my mind. But I mean, what what were you feeling when it was twenty three fourteen? Because Jeremy Grant just house called that uh, that punt return. I was feeling like, lucky. I, I was like, this, I, this team I, is all right. They're going to win. I felt lucky though. I didn't. I don't like you know. I I just I okay. felt I felt in that moment like thank God that that had happened, and then <laughs> and then you know. We miss a field goal, and you know you just or you miss the convert. I mean, and then I thought, yeah, this feels like how I felt at the start. I just didn't feel, uh, with the exception of that play, Derek. I did not feel a hundred percent for yeah. the whole game, and I have nothing to do with it. Uh, you know, I'm just wearing a sweater, yeah. literally watching on TV. But I didn't didn't feel right. And then, of course, we talked, Brad, about the fact that yeah, 
two blocked field goals back to back. Like everything was weird and wonky, and it just was bizarreville, but fascinating. Have you ever seen two blocked yeah, it, field it, goals it, like that, Derek? Back to back. I I cannot think at all. No, no. I would I would have to dig deep into the archives to try to find one. Uh, you just you you barely see one, right? We saw. A block, a block punt from the Bombers in last week's game, but then that was taken away by penalty. Um, I'm trying to think of I – th- I don't know that there's been a field goal other than the Grey Cup block this season in the Canadian Football League. So, no, that was that was super unusual. And, you know, off the off the block field goal when, when uh, Nick Hallett comes hard off the edge and blocks Toronto's field goal attempt, I thought, oh, okay, well, here you go. This is the story because – Zach Kolaris and the super-powered offense are just going to walk down the field. We're going to get the redemption story from Mark Leggio. Can he hit kicks in the big time? Well, he's going to do it here in the Grey Cup, and we're all going home happy. And, and sometimes it just doesn't go your way. I, I, was, I, was, I think maybe the most surprised that, that Winnipeg's offense uh, looked like that. I know Toronto had a good defense, but I really thought Winnipeg's offense would be able to get what it wanted in this game, and they were not. So when you talked about Zach, you know, he didn't have a great game. How much was that ankle a factor? Will we ever really know the answer to that, Derek? I I don't know that we will. Um, some guys will, will, you know, when the season is over, they'll tell you the absolute truth. So I, I'd be curious to know. But uh, I, I really think uh, a lot of it had more to do with Toronto being really good on his defense. He, he eventually had that pass picked off by middle linebacker Enoch Mwamba. Mawamba almost got him on an earlier one as well. And you go, oh, normally normally Zach would know where the middle linebacker is going to be and not put it into his hands. And there were a couple other times. There was a, a deep ball to Dalton Schoen going right to left that Schoen had to come back and break up or it was getting taken away as well. And you go, are, are you just – I don't feel like – that one, I don't know if that one's the ankle, you know, because you're throwing the ball super far down the field. That has literally anything to do with it. But you're just, you're just watching it going – Normally, Zach's able to to see this and to to know what's happening and, and pick teams apart, but Toronto's defense just just had something really good in that game. So full credit to them for that because they, I mean, Zach's the best player in the league, and they and he threw four balls that should have been picked off in that game. Mm-hmm. Derek Taylor is the voice of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Derek, there was a lot of hype before the game about Andrew Harris for the Argos and Brady Oliveira for the Blue Bombers. Did that running back matchup amount to anything? It was it was fine in the early stages. You know, Andrew did some nice things for the Bombers, and Brady had some you know ten, eleven, twelve yard runs uh, for the Bombers. Harris for the Argos. If I said, forgive me if I said Bombers, but ultimately the CFL is a, a game where you throw the ball seven times out of ten, right? So it comes down to the quarterbacks, and uh, and then eventually it came down to uh, Toronto's backup quarterback. But uh, you saw some classic Harris of. Extra yards after you know after he gets hit and keeps pounding through and Brady had one run where I really thought he was going to be stopped for a loss and then he danced right and then he danced back left and then he hammered a dude, a dude and he went man Brady's come such a long way this year it's such a treat to see and you just you just wonder where it's going to go for him because he's only twenty four and man he's really he really uh, harnessed everything he's got this season and it worked so well in that bomber offense that. Uh, yeah, it's it, there may be a big future ahead, and if this is the last game for Andrew Harris, a guy who's 35, what a career and, and what a way it would be to go out for him, one of uh, what maybe the greatest player Winnipeg's ever produced. You talk about just 
the idea of where could this go, where would it go for Brady. So if we look ahead to next year, and I understand we just finished the Grey Cup yesterday. It's been, you know, the, the paint hasn't dried, so to speak. But will they be able to keep the team together to take another run at it next year, do you feel? I If Mike O'Shea is here and Mike O'Shea's contract expires, you know, after the after this season, if Mike O'Shea's here, I absolutely think they will. I, I really believe that O'Shea and the way that the Bombers run with 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 O'Shea, players really, really do love. So they have Zach Galaris under contract for multiple years. So before the end of the year, just because of some salary cap things, I think you're going to see uh, they're, they're really going to work on a, a handful of the very important players because you can give them some money before the end of the calendar year and have it count against this year's salary cap and not next year's salary cap. So to whatever extent they can, they're really going to work as a player. So we'll know a lot by December 31st. But I just feel like you went 15-3 and three this year after winning the Great Cup twice. Um, there's no reason why this team is currently constituted. Uh, they'd be the Great Cup favorite next year. So do you want to leave that for $5,000 more that's on, on the market? If you do, good. But if you don't, let's, let's run it back and, and be uh, incredible once again. When do the Bombers come home, Derek? Uh, they should be coming home today. They Every team stays overnight in the Grey Cup City, so they should be home at some point today. I'd, I'd have to check to be 100% sure when. But, yeah, at some point today. And then uh, uh, Michael Shea will be back with us Tuesday for the coaches' show. So it was announced late last week. I just wanted to get your thoughts about the idea that they're moving the playoff games to Saturdays. What about the Grey Cup? Do you think that would make sense to play on a Saturday rather than a Sunday? And then you would be uh, taking a slow cruise home on a Sunday today, Derek. Yeah, that'd be which would be all right for from the TV perspective, right? The the reasons you're moving the playoff games to Saturday would still exist for the Grey Cup, right? You're moving Saturday to get away from the NFL. I presume that's the biggest part of what they're doing. Well, the NFL played yesterday too. Just that the Grey Cup draws three to six million people watching on TV, so they're less concerned about that. But the same conditions exist. I, I wonder if it's maybe maybe they're trying it out the first you know this time to, with the West semifinal the West final and then we could see but I I, I I'd be reluctant to change too much with the Grey Cup because it's just such an incredible event and you'd be moving up Saturday's events to Friday and on and on and on so uh, it could be coming if things work out real well but uh, I feel like Grey Cup Sunday is here to stay. Derek Taylor, voice of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, joining us live on CJOB. The coaches' show is tomorrow night, yes? Yes, that's correct. Jets hockey tonight, so the final coaches' show of the year with Mike O'Shea, 7 till 8 on Tuesday. All your questions and texts and, and thoughts about Mark Leggio, we will absolutely, uh, ha- the coach will absolutely uh, answer all your questions uh, if you fire him at us. So excited to talk to Mike O'Shea one last time. All right, Derek, thank you very much for joining us. Safe travels home, sir. Thank you very much. talking in the last hour about you know seeing more christmas decorations holiday decorations out there and so, so then i was wondering are people getting holiday parties going and i don't mean just getting together with friends or family or what have you but is your work brought back the holiday party are you getting that invite to be at bailey's or convention center or whatever and have the masses gather or are, are they on hold or are they downgraded somewhat because there's two things at play like there's there's no COVID restrictions this year, but there's the cost of things is up. And so I wonder what companies and businesses are doing with that. And then on the flip side, I think we both were saying we're feeling like everybody wants 
to celebrate more now. Mm-hmm. What, no matter the reason, like what, I'll I'll go cheer for any team in the World Cup right now if it's a, if it's an excuse to get together, <laughs> right? So are you are you having a work holiday party? Let us know at 204-780-6868. It's been a while for us, and you reference Bailey's. That's typically where our company Christmas party is, and I, I miss it. I miss getting together. I remember the first year where sort of Global and, and CJOB kind of formalized their partnership, and we had that first joint party. That was the best a holiday party I'd ever been to hmm. because I think there was just like, because it was the first time like of, of like, we got to see the new kids and you got to see the, new, the like we were new kids to you and you were new kids to us and every, and let's face it, we have, everybody had a very good time mm-hmm. that, that night and it was just so much fun and I missed that. And I understand why we've had to press pause because of COVID and, and I know that our company is relaxing things that we're bringing people back, but we still have some things that, that, that they want us to keep an eye on. Um, I think there's lots of people that could use it for sort of that team bonding session. Yeah. Because of course there's lots of people who just work continued as normal. And I put that in quotes, they were going into the office every day. But from my perspective, there's a whole host of people. I walk around this room, yeah. this floor. And just now I was like, hi, Shruvu. <laughs> like I was just, I don't, I'm not a hundred percent sure what your name is because I haven't been here and I've never seen your face and we've never been in a meeting together. And you know, like you need to actually almost like get us together and all play. I don't know, like, Dodgeball or something like that. Yeah. If there's no holiday party, there needs to be some sort of work team bonding session. Yeah, and and maybe we, I get maybe we'll just organize have to organize our own shindig. But let us know at two zero four seven eight zero sixty eight sixty eight what you are seeing on the holiday party front as it pertains to work. Because I know that uh, restaurants are seeing their reservations coming in fast and furious for Christmas parties. But are those company reservations or are they just people making reservations? <laughs> So right about now, Greg Mackling, Derek Taylor are hopping in a car to make their trip home. And along the highway with them, many more Bomber fans. Yeah, but the drive back, I can guarantee, is not going to have that same feeling as the drive to the game. It would have been a lot of hype and excitement last week. And now today, of course, you might be tired if you're making your way back. Maybe a bit sad, definitely disappointed. Because the Bombers, yep, lost by just one point last night. And the three-peat is no longer on the horizon. Chris Morash was in Regina this weekend for the Grey Cup and joins us now. Good morning. Good morning. How are you feeling? I'm tired, <laughs> but I'm okay. You know, when, when that loss, when it came down to really the final play, what was going yeah. through your mind? Uh, I want to know what the bet would have been on the odds of two kick, uh, two punts being blocked yeah. <laughs> in the last two minutes of the game because that's, that's pretty rare. Well, yeah, that was the that was the reaction last night, Chris, when I was at the pub was when Winnipeg blocked the field goal or yeah, it was Winnipeg who blocked the field mm-hmm. goal first. And yeah. everyone was like, oh, my God, he blocked it. Like they yeah. blocked a field goal. This is amazing. And it's going to turn around. And then immediately the favor was returned. And it was just like a punch to the gut. And that yeah. was just watching it on TV. So, but you were there. Yeah, we were there. We were surrounded by a few a few Argo fans, but mostly surrounded by Bomber fans. And yeah, the air went under the sails at that point. <laughs> well, on that note, I wanted to play you some audio, Chris, because we were wondering how many people sounded like this in the stands last night. It was awesome. It was so entertaining. We're Ryder fans, obviously, but... Uh, Toronto fans for 60 minutes. Yeah. I feel great, baby, baby! Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Go Argos! Good job! 
the Toronto fan for 60 minutes. Did you run into any of those and how annoying were they? Um, actually, we didn't see a whole lot of Argo fans until we went um, to a local pub by the bed and breakfast that we're staying at. And then uh, four of them came in <laughs> about uh, an hour after the game because they obviously stayed for the, the presentations and all that. But uh, and we had some good banter back and forth, but it was it was said a good time was had by all all weekend, regardless of the outcome. Were they genuine Argo fans or were they riders who were just not Winnipeg well, fans? These, these guys were genuine Argo fans. It's one of the few uh, that they have for season ticket basis. So we said that hopefully that this uh, win maybe can boost some of their uh, you know game day attendance coming forward for 2023. I like your subtle dig at them there, Chris. One of the few <laughs> season ticket fans that you found. Remind us again, how many Grey Cups have you been to? This is our 13th, and we're planning for Hamilton for next year already. How did this one compare to Grey Cups past? Um, it was a good time. Yeah, they had a really good setup. Um, the, selling the passes uh, for the events is better than you know paying at each individual room when you have to show up, and everything was very conveniently located. The drone show, although it was delayed for a couple of times because of the wind, the drone show was phenomenal. A drone show? Yeah, they had a drone show in the evening. Um, it was postponed on Thursday and Friday, so they had two on Saturday where they did a, a show with drones outside and, uh, you know, highlighted uh, some of the Aboriginal heritage of the area and, you know, coordinated with the football and, uh, and the logo for the Grey Cup Festival. It was really different and unique and a nice change from the fireworks. Cool. How, how many drones were in the air? Apparently 300. Oh, wow. Oh, my goodness. Now, that is a show. Very cool. So, for you, Chris, you know, when you look back, like the last couple of years you were in the stands when our team won, and then we had that disappointment last night. Just what obviously, disappointment is the word I just used, but when you looked down the field and you saw the players, was that a hard thing to see in some respects? Because the looks on their faces were really crushing. Uh, it is hard to see, but overall, Toronto capitalized on the turnovers, and we didn't. So we weren't firing on all on all three uh, phases of the game, and and Toronto took advantage of that. So and I'm happy for Dinwiddie because you know Dinwiddie's you know went to Grey Cup in '07 and lost the game. And I you know as much as I don't like seeing Andrew Harris in Toronto, I'm happy for him. Look at you finding the bright side. <laughs> Good for you. We've... We had a great weekend, regardless of the outcome. Maybe she hasn't slept yet, and that's why. She's not thinking clearly. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I slept. We went to bed at midnight, but uh, we made some new friends at our bed and breakfast, and we may see them again because this was their first Grey Cup experience. So, Oh, okay. I think, I, think, I think we have them hooked now. Well, Chris, we appreciate you coming on with us and uh, enjoyed continuing your tradition of going. Oh, before we let you go, they're 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 they're, ta- they're moving the playoff games to Saturdays, and they're talking about potentially moving the Grey Cup. One of their concerns is that if they move the Grey Cup to Saturday, that you would lose a day of the festival. So, as somebody who goes to the Grey Cup every year, what's your take on the whole thing? Um, I think it's six of one, half a dozen of the other. That just means they'll probably start it on Wednesday instead of starting it on Thursday. More party, just the same amount of party, longer week. Yeah. Bright side found once again, Chris. You Morash. know what? I'm glad I have her number now. Whenever I'm feeling down, I'm just going to call Chris. 
Well, hopefully we have a better drive home than we had coming out here because it took us eight hours to get here because the roads were crappy. So hopefully going home, it'll be better. See, and I think it's going to be. We got clear skies ahead. So again, six silver linings. Yeah. Chris Morash, thank you very much for joining us. Safe travels home. Thank you, guys. We want to tell you how we've been asking you to give to get some Jets tickets today. With the question we asked was, tell us about the time you lost something, you know, whether lost at something, whether it's a sporting event or perhaps a game. Cam talked about the card game that he was trying to learn and play, and he played his wife. She played for the very first time and mopped the floor with him. It's not... That has probably been a story that's happened to everyone, where you have something you think you're good at, yeah. and then someone comes in, and you're like, oh. I am not good I at this. I suck at this. I really, or your kid, like, there's nothing more humiliating. I remember my youngest at age four, you know, what is that, Connect Four, where you drop the yeah. red or yellow, and he's just dominating me. And I'm like, I'm a grown woman, <laughs> and I am being schooled by a child who's not even in school right now. Like, what's happening? But yes, Mike, we talked about the things that you... Still are disappointed about, and Mike had a story I think we can all relate to. When me and my sister were kids, we'd play video games on our PSI, and there was one game we could never play, PlayStation 1, I think I got that wrong, PS1? PS1. So they played it on their PlayStation, and there's one game they were never allowed to play together, and that was WWE Wrestling. Whenever we played, Mike said, I would always win, and she would get so mad. So if we ever did play, I would have to lose just to make her happy. Parents told me to do that because they were tired of her getting mad at the game and at me. LOL, says Mike. So that was probably a momentous occasion for her when she first beat him. And little does she know that he just basically laid down for her. Mm, Or is Mike just saying he laid down? (laughs) Maybe Mike wasn't very good at this wrestling game. Oh, Mike, you've been called out <laughs> by Loren McNabb, but Wes is our winner. And actually, this was not planned. It just kind of works out. Mike had a wrestling-related story for video games. Wes involved wrestling in real life. 47 years ago, I qualified to wrestle in a tournament at Festival du Voyageur. I was in a match to go to the medal round. Just a few seconds away from my first medal in my life, I was being pinned down. My shoulder was one inch from the line. All I had to do was shrug my shoulder, and the ref would have blown his whistle, and it would have had a chance at gold. My coach was going crazy. Move your shoulder! (laughs) I didn't, and I'd lost. And I've never won anything since then. And I often think about how close I was to glory. Glory. 47 years later, Wes... You painted a picture. We felt your pain. And you've won something. There you go. You won tickets to the Winnipeg Jets. Weather is warming right up this week. Yeah, and we need some good news, I think, after last night's disappointing loss for the Blue Bomber. Something to warm up our toes, our fingers, our hearts, maybe, Brett. And so we are joined now by David Phillips, Senior Climatologist with Environment Canada. Good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. Somebody from Toronto is going to warm uh, it up for you guys. I just had to, I was going to ask you, David, you're joining us from <laughs> Toronto. Do I have to congratulate you? Are you an Argos fan? Well, I'm, I'm actually a Tiger Cat fan, but I, you know, I'm the East. You know, I, 
I, I, somebody asked me the forecast last week, and I said, well, the forecast in Regina is going to be the east by six, you see. <laughs> so I was, I was wrong, but um, my gosh, uh, yeah, it was, what a great game. I just, uh, and, and you know, the thing is, I said the weather in Regina was almost as if I knew a week ago. I just said, well, the winds will be this, the air temperature, and, and what have you. Uh, it, it was, uh, hey, uh, it, one of the first times that well, weather hasn't really played a factor. Yeah, it was weird looking at that forecast and seeing single-digit temperatures yes. and not really a ton of wind. It sort of took part some of the usual fun out of the Grey Cup. But <laughs> That's true, Brett. I mean, there was only one cleat, Warren. You know, they didn't have to change to broomball cleats or, or something else. Uh, yeah, you're right. It was uh, There was only the injury reserve list and the game plan. There was not a, a weather forecast that determined the outcome. So one of our listeners texted us earlier today to say, have you seen what Environment Canada is calling for on Friday? Like, what is going on there? And uh, so I double-checked and was, and I thought, okay, I, I second your confusion. Seven degrees on Friday? Yes. Oh, I tell you, Brett, that is uh, it's like an atmospheric gift. I mean, it's not a record. I looked at the records, and you'd have to get to nine degrees in back in 1962. But, hey, I, I, I would take it. Seven degrees is about 11 degrees warmer than it should be. You know, the afternoon right this, uh, this week should be minus four is the normal temperature. So plus seven is, uh, is balmy. Now, hey, it's not... It's not. It's kind of short-lived, but yet the week leading up to that is still going to be uh, warmer, four or five degrees warmer than normal. And then even after that, when the temperatures fall, hey, they're um, they're kind of close to normal. I always think that um, sometimes the worry about getting a real kind of a warm a warm interlude there is that it it just crashes in a in, in a in a real real quick um, motion and and you end up with polar vortex and what have you. But it doesn't seem to be that way. So my sense is this may be what we see this week may be kind of a a sneak preview of what we see this winter, not really long, long, long bouts of of cold. And, you know, you guys compared to, say, Edmonton and Saskatoon, I mean, you have nothing to complain about. I mean, I think your coldest temperature so far this month has been minus 17, and that was just one day. You had mostly minus 10 or minus 11. I mean, try minus 28, minus 29, minus 26, that places in the uh, in, in sort of Saskatchewan and um, and Alberta, got but this system is a is a ridge, a high pressure area from the from the Pacific moving in, already grabbed hold of parts of Saskatchewan, southwestern Saskatchewan. They're going to see temperatures up to eight degrees, and it's just going to inch its way very slowly across and uh, and provide you with a, a glorious weather. And the the good news, guys, too, is there's wall to wall sunshine. So you get out there corner of Portage and Maine, and that's seven degrees, and the sunshine will feel like. 11 or 12. Ah, but David, you've been, I've stood on the corner of Portage of Maine with oh. you and you know that wind. And so I we, know, <laughs> I, I know. The wind chill is often the one that determines whether it's it's really going to be uh, miserable or not. But, so is it too early to know if Friday, like we joked earlier, oh yeah, it'll be seven degrees Friday, but the winds will be gusting like 50 to 70 clicks or something. Is it too early to know what the winds might look like? It is, but you know, under a high pressure area, that winds are generally lighter under a high pressure area, but it is when you get weather duking it out. If you had sort of like a, a weather system moving in very quickly in a high pressure area, now the trough coming in, well, that's when you really get a lot of blustery kind of, uh, of days. But um, at least it'll be a warm bra- uh, uh, breeze, Lauren. I mean, I, I think, hey, don't, what, what, don't be too greedy. I mean, I'm giving you seven degrees and now you're asking about, and sunshine, and you're asking about now the winds. I want it all. 
I want to well, know, know what's going to be this weekday. And you're just like Canadian. You want all the details in terms of that forecast, and, and that's why we're not always right, because it's not just saying, is it going to be a fair day? It's about the details, and it's going to be after 2 o'clock or, or before 4, do you say? When you mention that sunshine as well, we just came through a, a nasty long stretch of mostly cloudy days for... Yeah. A week and a half or so, which is kind of, I, mean, I guess it's November. November's not a yeah, great month but, for that. But that, that's a long stretch for, for Manitoba. It is, Brett. You know, I mean, you, you are, I think, uh, I remember from years ago when I said, well, who is the, the snowy, who is the sunniest province in the wintertime is Manitoba, and Winnipeg would be up there very near the top of the sun. So, you know, I mean, but often that sunshine is in brutally cold air. I mean, you know, Arctic air that comes down, hey, the sun may be shining, but not a lot of calories of heat in that sunshine. But in here, this is an example of where you're going to get kind of uh, mild westerly, maybe a little southerly air, but also the sunshine. So it's, it's really the best of, of both. But now we see going after that, though, is the temperatures are going to begin to fall. We're going to, we're going to see next week, maybe the week after, will be a little cool. But here's the good news. You know, we were talking about a La Nina. This is going to be the, not the winter from hell, but we've had, you know, three La Ninas in a row. Last year was La Nina, and it was a tough year. More snow than you normally get. It was much colder. I look at the number of days below minus 30 last year. You had 27 of those suckers. You normally would see 13. So more than double of that. Now, this year, we think there won't be as much snow and it also won't be as cold as what it had last winter. So, I mean, that's the gift I'm providing you this morning. The gift I'm going to give you is that we will be warmer here in Winnipeg on Friday than you will oh, be I know. in Toronto. So You're take that. Dealing. You're still sore about yesterday's I am. outcome. I am. And so i got to have something to brag about. If you... I, here's the thing. You might have nice weather this week there too, but we know you You don't get... You might have a Grey Cup party even or a parade you're not going to get the same kind of fans that we'd get here. Oh, so I, I'm warmed by that. Oh, so right. I wonder where we're going to hold it. <laughs> I don't think there'll be a, a, a really, certainly not like the Raptors had in terms of the, of the parade. But, hey, uh, it'll, still be, uh, it'll still be a wonderful feeling. David Phillips, Environment Canada, joining us live on CJOB. Mr. Phillips, always a pleasure. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye now.